0: This is the Alchemize Your Life podcast. On this episode, Sophie is introducing a neo-tantra and sacred sexuality host, Marie Magdalena Wolf, to talk about our two favorite topics: sex and money. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Cian Kenshin. And I'm Sophie Ma. And we're here to Alchemize, alchemize Your Life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the PRISM Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, We repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Okay, beautiful. Okay, welcome everybody. I am super, super pleased to um, have a lovely like kindred soul with a crazy, we'll talk about how we met and like why we met and all this kind of cool stuff in a minute. Um, But first, let me introduce to you Mary Magdalena Wolf, a wonderful, wonderful human being who teaches in the neo-tantra and sexuality space. Those of you that have followed me for more than a year know that that is like super, super near and dear to my heart. And we ended up having a really awesome conversation last week about sex and money. And we were like, should not be for just us. So let's just like stop this convo right here. And let's make this something that we can share with our audiences, our respective audiences. So here we are sharing with our respective audiences. And um, Marie, did you want to take a minute to uh, introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, I want to say hello to everybody who's watching. Uh, It's really fun to have this conversation with Sophie. And I am a sex, love and relationship coach. And with this, you know, I love sharing about sacred sexuality. I tend to say that rather than neotantra. And I love to see in relationships that, you know, how their relationship to money as a couple is going to affect um, their intimacy and how they connect. And so it's really interesting to see the dynamic. Like what you think about money is going to impact actually intimacy. And what you think about intimacy is actually going to impact money. And even though we don't think about it right away, I think it's really fun that Sophia and I are having this conversation with all of you and come in and tell us your experience with it. If you agree, if you disagree, like we love to hear from you.
0: Yes. Yeah, guys, you know, I love engagement on these, um, on these posts. So please, what has been your experience with sex and money? To me, this is like such an important topic. And I know you guys have seen me on my page. I've been talking a lot about magic lately and that's just because that's been my newest obsession, but I, Sex and money to me are like the most, I mean, what do most couples break up over? What's the number one reason for divorce, right? Sex Mm -hmm. and money. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. what does that say about not just couples, but also our priorities in relationship and in life, right? That just says that like to us balancing money and having a good sex life and having a sex life where we feel empowered and also finances where we feel empowered are literally the two most important priorities As a species, and we see that reflected in the way we behave when we're in partnership and why we divorce and and why we couple and everything, right? So, super, super powerful conversation. And um, the reason I found Marie, this is crazy, as you guys know, if you've been following, we've been talking a lot about Solomon's crypto magic. And she was on, we've been on the same Facebook page for a while, and um, I had been following her. And I was getting this hit, like, I just need help because I'm like up here in the ether with this Solomon's Crypto Magic program. And I don't know how to explain it to anybody that's not me. Like, (laughs) because it's just so up in the ether and it's never been done before. And it's so extra world. And for whatever reason, Spirit was like, talk to this complete and total fucking stranger who you've (laughs) liked just a few of her posts. And just see if she'll talk to you. And so I did. And she was lovely and did not blow me off, even though I basically like cold messaged her and was like, can I steal your time? Because I just need help. So she was very nice about it and um, helped us not only ground Solomon's Crypto Magic, but then, yeah, as we mentioned at the beginning, I we ended up realizing we had a lot in common around our views around sex and money, uh, which is how we ended up being here today. So Marie, I, you've obviously had a lot of this experience with clients. Did you want to just share what is your... What is the overall um, overarching ethos when we talk about sex and money? How do we see this showing up in relationship and how is it like a problem for people? Yeah, And
1: I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question right away, but first I want to say what was really funny and synchronistically so aligned for us to connect was we ended up talking on a Monday and that was last week and the weekend before I had gone to a party where I got COVID, by the way, just by closing that door, that's why I'm a little bit bit stuffy and all that, um, about crypto. And it was like an after party for a conference that happened in Denver, Colorado, all around crypto. And I have, you know, very little understanding of it. And so Sophie started to talk to me about this and share her passion. And I had started to understand it. And it felt really, really good to, as a segue to this conversation we're having right now. So how do I see relationship and um, money and sex interact in the context of a relationship? Well, I feel like the name, like the theme that's underneath it, is power. And Mm -hmm. power not over your partner, although sometimes that pays out, but just power with yourself. Like, are you empowered in your sexuality, and are you empowered in the way you can manage your finances and and in a relationship when we're not empowered we seek to have power over or we seek to be taking power off, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, And that is when it starts to create tension in a relationship. And, oh my God, there's so much to talk about. But really at the core of it is like, it's in the shadow of our subconscious mind most often, which means people are not going to realize that the fact that they bitch about money or that they have a you know, conflict around it is going to affect how they feel safe and surrender to pleasure and in intimacy, but it really, really, really does. So that's the beginning. I can't stop.
0: I love that that um that correlation to power. That's so beautiful because I also would not. And I'm seeing some people in the comments here saying, you know, I never even thought to link sex and money until I started following uh, Sophie, and then it opened my mind and it made sense. But even then, even with me connecting the two, I actually never thought. But of course, it's related to power, which interestingly, if we look at the chakra system, you've got your sacral, then your power center, and then your heart. And we know that the heart is also money, right? The heart is is the currency of exchange and community. And we know sacral is creativity and sexuality. And what connects the two is your power center. So of course it's power, like that makes fucking total sense. But until you said it, I was like, oh, light, light bulbs and aha moments. <laughs> and that also aligns a lot with what we were saying earlier around, you know, most couples, when they fight it's sex and money and usually it's feeling disempowered one or both parties feeling disempowered or out of their their power center and either taking that out on the party like you mentioned or or asking for that like wanting that that debilitating lack of power pushed on themselves Mm -hmm. so the thing that I find is really interesting though is for a lot of relationships we don't have the ability to Like we don't see it. Like I like. There's probably not a lot of people walking around thinking, "Oh, I'm disempowered, and that's why I have trouble with sex and money." Right? Like we don't we don't see it. So, Mm -hmm. like, what are some symptoms of how this might be showing up in a relationship that people can? That's such a
1: good question. That's such a good question. The symptoms are lack of desire. So desire slowly fades away because um, there's this block inside of us that's just keeping our sexual energy from flowing and we are so busy trying to fix something in our external life that we don't trust that it's safe to surrender to it. So it's often shows up as, Oh, I don't really want to have sex or we don't want to have sex at the same time. there's this like push and pull around desire.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, that's the first symptom that I would see frustration because one is going to want to connect sexually and the other one is not going to let themselves surrender and relax. Um, and because when we're stressed about money, we're, it's more than just being stressed about money. And interestingly, it doesn't matter how much money one holds, you can be really rich and still stress out about money all the fucking time. Totally. And so, right? And you can have this scarcity mentality within yourself, even though you have enough, right? So, this stress is gonna affect our capacity to let go into pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, in our subconscious mind we hold sex and money as opposite because we connect sex to hard work and we connect money uh, we connect sorry money to hard work and i was sex like to i don't money.
0: connect sex to hard work I- I know, I know. I don't
1: <laughs> <laughs> we connect money to hard work yeah and sex to pleasure mm. and so it's almost like instead of seeing like these two parts of ourselves can kind of flow in harmony they are in a position in our psyche. And then if we're too stressed about one, we can't let go to go to work pleasure. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, no, 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 I have to work hard and I want to work more and I can't relax. So that's, so the symptoms of not being able to relax is of desire, lack of desire, lack of orgasms, um, lack of creativity in the bedroom and spontaneity and fun connecting um also being contracted around time which for a lot of women is an issue because if you tell me you just you just have 20 minutes to make love to me I'm not going to feel like being able to relax in it right so this like time 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 pressure time pressure
0: yeah Yeah. beautiful I love that and you know what's interesting about time is We know, and so many of us hear this, like you're in the sacred sexuality space. So I'm assuming most of your clientele are going to be people that have done at least a little bit of work in the spirituality realm. I know everybody that follows us, like we don't often have like beginners or like full on corporate and have never come into the spirituality realm. We have a few, but I would say the vast majority of our audience is individuals who have already been on the path for a while. And so we already have this idea in our minds that like time is an illusion, right? Like I'm not the first person to say this. Everybody has heard this. Um, But I think that even though we hear it and we we think it, we don't really know how to translate that into our regular day life and time pressure, especially for those who have kids or, are side hustling right now. Um, you know, that it, that's a very real thing. It's like, you get sucked into the matrix and it's like, no, you have 24 hours in a day and you, especially the overachievers too, right? What are you going to do with those 24 hours? Make sure you wake up and you do this, 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 and it's all hard, right? It's all hard work. Mm-hmm. Where's the room for pleasure in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, how are you gonna allow yourself
1: pleasure if you think it's gonna make you lose money? Like that's how the subconscious mind think of it right.
0: Oh, my gosh. okay. okay. So everybody watching write that down. Like that is huge.
1: Mm-hmm. How am I
0: going to make time for pleasure if I think that pleasure equates to losing money? -hmm. That's so powerful because you're seeing a pendulum swing right back and forth. Like, I can be here and I can be joyful and I can be on vacation and having all of the vacation sex I want in the world because I'm maybe a little drunk and I'm in the sun and I'm feeling good about my body because I just dieted for the last three months for this vacation, whatever the fuck it is. To and there's no kids around and whatever over to this side, which is like grinding so I can afford that vacation where I get to have the good sex. (laughs) Right. And you're allowed to do this, like how many would we get two weeks a year of vacation, but one week is probably Christmas. So really one week, if you're lucky, a year yes. where you get good sex and the rest is hustling to afford the good sex over here.
1: Exactly. And really, like otherwise, it become very scripted. And what couples say to me, they're like, oh, I want to have sex, but I want it to be spontaneous. I don't want to plan it. But the thing is, they plan every other aspects of their lives. And they think like magically sex is going to become this spontaneous thing. Like when they were like 18 and having not a care in the world. Yeah. And this is not how the subconscious mind works. And one other thing that's important in the conversation when we're talking about a couple is we have evolved out of old school patriarchy, even though it's still a big part of, you know, societal norms and things. Mm -hmm. But women are more empowered and women are providing for themselves and you know men are also knowing that they don't always have to provide but there is this like battle of archetypes in couples often around who is providing the most who is the provider sometimes the woman is actually the provider i find that which creates tension in the sex in the bedroom as well Mm. And, and then who holds that space of letting go who is inviting into that receptive energy And so for women who are starting to be empowered, they want to make money, they want to be their own boss, you know, then they have this rigidity within themselves. Either because they don't want the man to only be the provider, you know, there's this like dynamic happening in the
0: couple. Totally. And when we're talking about the energy of money, of course, that makes sense because the energy of money is all around being like, yes, you've got to take the inspired actions. you have to be willing to receive and in fact we were just um when we did our webinar we did a webinar on wednesday uh, sunday night there's another one tonight so if you're watching us live and you want in there's another wealth activation happening tonight um but on the sunday one it was really interesting we were talking about limiting beliefs around money and so many people we were talking about being gifted money um and i don't want to spoil it entirely because that'll ruin the fun of it if you want to see it live that'll ruin the fun of the limiting belief but essentially what came up was that um, it was incomprehensible to these people that they could just be receiving a gift of $100 or more. Like They could not. They were like, what's the catch? What currency is it in? Like, There's got to be a catch. They just could not get their head around it. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that energy, you better believe universe is not able to deliver you fucking money, just like it's not able to deliver you pleasure, right? If you can't mm-hmm. relax in the arms of your lover, regardless of what sex you identify as both parties need to be able to relax and play in that receptive space. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that in the bedroom, you're also going to be in that rigid state. And we talk about that boss babe. That's like, and that was me too. I mean, corporate six figures, self-made crushed it. And my sex life was shit. I talk about that all the time because I was so in my masculine pushing, forcing, and guess what? I made it to six figures. But yeah, it was hard. It didn't need to be that hard. And yeah, my sex life was total garbage because I brought that energy into the way I related with money and the bedroom.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I love the I love how you say one of the component of wealth is being able to receive and how it's so overlooked in the old paradigm and that we are collectively shifting out of it. And when we say that, we bring finally money and sex back together because we realize that it's not one that's pushing and one that's receiving. And actually, a lot of men think of sex also as hard work because they have to perform and they have to satisfy their partner and blah, blah, blah. So they carry that in the bedroom. But when we shift all that and we realize for all genders, sex and money is wealth, you know, wealth of pleasure, wealth of financial abundance, and both of these aspects of ourselves have the receiving component that is needed that we have to allow ourselves to receive. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's not happening and it's very vulnerable because you may never have allowed yourself to truly receive affection, love, pleasure, money like you were saying because we have so many labels around it and beliefs around it. And what is going to show up when you know, a teacher like Sophie, or if you work with me, we're inviting you to receive, all the fear is going to show up. And it's part of it, right? We have to welcome that, you know, the beliefs your inner child holds around receiving. And are you a good girl? Are you a bad girl if you receive money, if you receive pleasure? Are you a good boy? Are you a bad boy? All of that
0: that's definitely interesting when we look at like the societal impacts of the idea of like receiving. And how we've been so conditioned, and this is one of the things that I see when I speak to, you know, my clientele and and friends of mine that I would define as having grown up with wealth versus myself, I had to make it my my myself. But those that are in my sphere that I would say grew up with wealth, grew up not ever having to understand living paycheck to paycheck, grew up knowing that there was not necessarily a trust fund, but like never needing to worry about money. Basically, the people that grew up that way they don't have this, this like weird dynamic around receiving the same way. It's really, really interesting to me that it's just like those of us that grew up in scarcity have some kind of bent out of shape feeling about receiving and how it's not good for us. But those that are wealthy are like, nah, man, like it floodgates are open. Let me receive. And I'm sure that spills over to pleasure and to other things as well. And You know, this conspiracy theorist in me wants to say, well, why is that? Like, who is that serving? When we think about it, who is it serving for the wealthy to know they can receive and for the scarcity to feel that it's bad to receive? It's Mm -hmm. certainly not serving those that are trying to become wealthy.
1: That's very true. You know something that I find interesting because I have a different background story than you do and it's hard to receive. And I'm going to let's say here's the nuance that I see in what you just share. I think a lot of wealthy people have ease receiving money but just like you were saying when you were in corporate it doesn't mean they're happy it doesn't mean they're so aligned totally. it doesn't mean they have the intimacy and the relationship that they want so they may feel that they can receive big checks and lots of money but there's still like an imbalance and a frustration within mm-hmm. and so I grew up upper middle class in south of france my parents were lawyers and I always resisted the money I always felt I mean, it's, so, it's so weird because I was honestly spoiled. Like, I could have what I wanted to have to an extent. But, and then my dad, who was self made and came from nothing, really loved flashing it. Like, he had a nice car. He wanted me to be proud of him. But I saw him grind all the time and yell all the time. And in my mind, I made it mean, okay, fuck. So, money equals. Fucking drama and dysfunctional relationships and Mm -hmm. I want to be accepted I don't want to be seen as this like you know fancy rich girl so I was actually rejecting it
0: oh interesting
1: yeah and now actually since a year and a half or two years that I'm only solely relying on myself because I'm not working for someone else anymore Mm -hmm. like I'm like a solopreneur like this is my coaching business I have started to see that it impacts my desire And it's fascinating because I'm in the best relationship of my life. Sex at the beginning of a relationship has been the best. There's still so much potential. And I can see it's so totally self-created. It's because I have internal stress. And now I need to do this receiving game. That even though I did it growing up, and it was easy, but it came from another source. It didn't come from me. And I think a lot of wealthy kids also are dependent because the wealth doesn't come from them and people Mm. know how to trust their genuine creative energy so aligned to make that money
0: Mm, beautiful and did you find that there was like you mentioned earlier the like good girl bad girl kind of dynamic as well did that also play into it for you then as far as like pleasure what was allowed what was expected of you and how that reflected with like desire and money
1: you mean growing up yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so funny. I was like, you know, the straight A student, like always working hard, being the good girl, like basically getting love from external approval and like all the signs of external approvals. But at that time, were grades. Uh, and then you know, I went to med school, and then I went to law school because that's what I was supposed to do, right? And and then I I left and I went on my own path to be creative. But I definitely saw that, and it was really hard for me. Sex has always been important, but I was late to the game because I had all these other priorities in my life. Mm-hmm. And then it was always like a split. It's almost like I could be fully sexually expressed. I mean, at the time, compared to what I am now, it was not that much. But in my <laughs> mind, when uh, when I was not in school, when it was vacation, when... Um, and yeah, this split happens so early. We're trained to be in that split so early, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's wild to see that. Like, and yeah, I can think of that too, even when I was, yeah, a teenager, early 20s, hustling. And even then, I was like, and you know, I can even remember reading like cosmopolitan headlines saying vacation sex is the best sex and like, and, and reasons why, and blah, 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 blah. Like, I mean, I started reading Cosmos way younger than any human ever. I mean, I don't, people don't read Cosmos, please. But anyway, <laughs> I started reading them at 12 um and the programming that was in those is like wild it's just wild but it was a lot of that same stuff like vacation sex is best because you can't have a good sex life and be making good money or and be working right like again we got back into this polarity and and so much of the work is about like coming back to being both right being able to be the one that can hold the money and being the one that can have all of the pleasure and in fact Two sides of the same coin, not actual legit polarities like dark and light, right? Actually Mm -hmm. two sides. And when you stop fighting that, guess what? Pleasure can be used to manifest a fuck ton of magic and a fuck ton of money and vice versa, Mm -hmm. right? Like they actually really work nicely together when you stop fighting them and putting them on opposite poles.
1: Yeah, so true. And safety, you know, the something that really helps us in every aspect of our lives is to feel safe and regulate our nervous system. Right. And part of what we teach our people is to do that. And it's part of the spiritual path to understand that, you know, it's not up there in the head. Your spirituality is in your body and your body needs to feel safe because when you feel safe, you're relaxed and then you're received.
2: And Mm. so when you
1: feel safe with money that you trust, you trust the universe, you trust your creativity, you trust your partners, you know, you trust, Mm-hmm. then you can relax into sex and it's the same thing for sex you need to feel safe in sex so they are so intricately connected and I think it's going to help every couple to really start to move it out of the shadow of their subconscious mind have conversations with their lovers and their partners so they can see how it impacts one another mm-hmm. and make it safer for them not only to have the conversation to be, but to be in the experience of it Mm-hmm. And then it can allow them to go where you're, you know, where you're inviting them to go, which is sex magic and this idea that our sexual energy is so much more than just, you know, bedroom time
0: and just outside. pleasure. I mean, pleasure is awesome. Yeah. But like, so that's why I'm kind doing this. Exactly.
1: And also, you know, the truth is vacation sex is not necessarily the best because maybe you're, you need to be a little drunk or maybe you're just letting go. But. The depths of your intimacy, like the best intimacy you can create long term with someone, comes with talking about the real shit, talking yeah. about your fear, talking about you know, um, yeah, talking about these subjects, and also rebalancing the relationship. Like one of my co- one of my clients is uh, a woman, and she's in a relationship with her partner, and she's the sole provider,
2: mm. and.
1: He rejected the role of provider in order to serve his creativity, but he cut himself from his divine masculine. And she cut herself from her divine feminine because she was the good girl. Sex was kind of bad in her subconscious mind, but she knew how to provide, and um, you know. And now for them to meet, they have to be very vulnerable and start to embrace the other polarity and start to dance together. And they can do sex magic. And sex magic is the last practice I gave her to share with them. But that had to happen first, like the deep conversation, and then they can go to the next level, which is what you're talking about, this, wow, we can also use it to manifest, like, what the fuck, like, this is, right, this is new for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. What I love what you mentioned, too. And I see this, the shadow around money, too. Sometimes we forget how important regulating the nervous system is, right? And that like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like safety, security is on the bottom. And if there's anything in your being that is saying this is unsafe, whether it's sex or money or whatever the case might be, your system's fried, like you cannot hit those higher levels mm-hmm. if you don't have a sense of safety. And this is something that I actually find so interesting, especially especially in the spiritual community about how we have this, a lot of times this polarization away from money. And yeah, we've talked about this where it's like, Oh, but like money is greed and money is bad and money is like the man. And we see, you know, um, Ken Wilber actually talks about this in the States and stages of consciousness as like the mean green, where there's this pushing away of the hierarchy and the structures that exist in society, And that's a necessary push so that you can get escape velocity out of the matrix, we'll call it. But, like, if you bring the shadow of money is bad with you, then what are you doing? You're ruining your ability to have stability. So, like, you're actually kind of almost playing into the matrix game when you do that because your foundation has been ripped out and you therefore cannot access those higher levels, you cannot access the practices like sex magic, or even your own divine intuition. If you don't know where the fuck your next meal is going to come from, or you don't have a roof over your head. So this is like a big, something I'm really passionate about is like the most spiritual thing you can do is make enough fucking money so that you are here so that you can at at least at baseline, like ideally more so you can give back to the world, but at a very minimum baseline so that you can support yourself, you can survive and then your nervous system is regulated. So you can go into things like sex and things like intimacy with your partner and having those vulnerable conversations. Um, I can't tell you the number of couples that I've been with where if they, if there's a lack of safety, like physical 3d realm safety, you better believe they're not having a good sex life. Cause how could you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or, or or it's only the sex on adrenaline, which is not good sex. Anyway, you think it's good yeah. sex, but it's not good sex. Like, the it's kind of like the makeup sex, you know, you fight and then it's the only space where like, you like you want to release, but you can't, it's still gonna be a very limited sexual experience, even though in your mind it sounds like, oh my god, this is the amazing release. And people are stuck in this passion drama thing when they're in survival, like you're saying, because their nervous system is not regulated. And the best fucking orgasms you will ever have is when your body feels safe.
2: Yeah. Doesn't matter
1: if you play kink, you can if good kink is your nervous system is safe so however we look at it this is the foundation of it so yeah and you know there's so much spiritual bypassing with this idea of like money is bad yeah so much and you're not helping anyone because you can't serve you can't offer your gifts there's um yeah because your needs are not met so it's all distorted and yeah. I feel like it's kind of connected to the good girl conditioning because you have this idea like to be spiritual, I need to be generous, to be generous, I need to put other people's first.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: but not, not if you're not putting your needs first your basic needs first. And it's so important to say it in the spiritual community because if spiritual people are empowered, that's when we create the society we want to live in.
0: Totally. And oh my God, I'm getting such total shivers because that is like, that's why I do this. Like I'm not, I'm not here teaching about fucking crypto and magic and sexual energy and all that, because I need that. Like, I don't, I'm good. Like we've created a really amazing structure here. It's not about me having wealth. It's about, I want to live in the world where Marie is turned on and abundant in everything she does. That's the world I want to live in because Marie is going to do fucking amazing things in the world. And like Kaylee who's watching and Kelly who's watching and Renee who's watching right now and everybody who's watching, like, I want you guys to be in a place where you are so lit up and like dripping with juiciness in life and so abundant that you can give back. So like it's about empowering you guys to be turned on and like balanced in your sexuality. I.e., not sexually traumatized. We start there, right? Um, and and abundant, so that you can live the way you want to. And you even mentioned there's the relationship earlier with the um the the wife and the partner who is a creative, right? Like what if all what if you could be creative? Like what would you get to do with your time if you didn't have to worry about where your money was going to come from and you didn't have to be grinding or working at a nine to five? Like how much more beautiful would this world be if the spiritual people were empowered sexually and financially? That's the world I want to live in.
1: Absolutely. Like amen to that. And that's exactly what I stand for. And I'm going to share that I've been so inspired in the last two years of my entrepreneurial journey. Like um, as I've been wanting to expand my capacity to hold money and I've been bumping in all my own money beliefs and, uh, you know, seeing how it interacts with my sex life, all of that is unfolding. And women especially have been inspiring me, like women who are making bank and teaching other women how to do the same. And of course, it's not gen- like men can do the same, but like it's getting out of this old paradigm that you have to grind because, you know, a lot of spiritual people don't want to grind and that's respectable. Yeah. But there is a way to make money and it starts with believing you deserve it. That's really the core of it. You yeah. deserve it. And to see it instead of demonizing it, to see it as this exchange energy, like because you know, you charge your worth, and your resource, then you can offer good quality services to your clients because you are resourced, because you have the, the space and the money for it. And and then it ripples into the world. Your people, your clients are better served, they're gonna have better lives, they're gonna apply that to themselves. Totally. And yeah, it is a beautiful upward spiral where we and we do give back. We do give back naturally. You can yeah. offer scholarships when you make a lot of money. You can create programs that reach more people. You know, it's just that like I see women that are empowered in my sphere, and they do fucking amazing. And I'm inspired. and we need to keep the word spreading for sure.
0: keep it spreading exactly. Well, and I, you know money to me, and I think this is also kind of like our pleasure. like we use the analogy all the time when we're teaching of, of it, it's more like a river. Right. So Victoria says she loves this conversation. Hi, Vic. Yay. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's more like a river, right? Like, I think we have this idea because we've seen so many people. I'm just going to speak to money and then you can speak to how this relates to pleasure in your world. Um, but I see so many people with money where they think that, like, okay, I'm going to take in, let's say, $10,000. Let's say I'm a coach and I'm charging $10,000 for a program just as a, a recommendation. Uh, or, as a random example here, so then we have this idea that I take in that ten thousand and I'm keeping that ten thousand dollars, and it's only for me, right? I'm holding it here. But the thing is, that's also old paradigm. And that's, you know, water doesn't flow that way. What happens is we end up then with a dam. we have a river that's not a healthy flow of energy. What mm-hmm. happens when spiritual people make ten thousand dollars? Well, I can tell you, with ours, a big chunk of that goes to pay our staff, our international staff, a really good fucking salary. Like, A good enough salary that we have staff that live in Venezuela that have now made it to Spain as refugees and gotten out of Venezuela and have completely transformed their lives because we pay them a good salary. And the only way we can do that is by having good money come in. Or when we travel to Costa Rica, you know, while we're here, we're supporting the local economy like quite substantially and that, again, is energy flowing, right? So it's not even just about, okay, I can ask offer scholarships, which is awesome. I can, and we do. Um, and, you know, we can make more programs and we can refine things and we can reach more people, but even taking it out of the business completely, we're changing the lives of everybody that we touch because we have abundance and we can, and we wouldn't be able to do that. Like I wouldn't have been able to pay a maid or a dog walker or like support the local economy without that kind of income and because we have that we're supporting so like we're rippling out our impact is going so much further than than just our message you know
1: yeah and i love it because when you say that you're really touching on to the fact that money is energy now we know and i don't have a lot of finance financial knowledge but we know that it's literally made out of thin air we know that money is not even indexed on gold anymore it's like a game we play collectively we create a mean for us to trade services. Yeah. That's really what it is. It's it's literally energy manifested into credit cards, you know, in the matter, in the, in the material world and, and banks and now cryptocurrency, which is even more
0: immaterial, right? Yes. Which like, is why I love it. Sorry, excited. Right,
1: exactly, because it's even closer. You know, I used to be scared of it and be like, oh my God, these people are crazy. But now I'm understanding like it's literally just a mean of exchange. We need that. We need that token, like literally to have a measure of exchange of trading. But the first person who needs, like you need to give yourself permission to have it, just like pleasure. And you were asking me how it relates to pleasure. It's in the permission to play with it, in the permission to trade, in the permission to be seen, in the permission to exchange. It's in the permission we give ourselves. And we don't give ourselves permission when we don't feel we deserve it. And we don't really deserve it when we have all the beliefs we just talked about before sitting in our subconscious mind. And for pleasure, it's the same. I can have the hottest fucking lover on the planet, want to make love to me. And if I don't allow myself to feel pleasure, which is what I see with a lot of women, because of trauma, because of everything we talked about, then they're not going re- to receive it because pleasure is still something that we create. Like, we allow it, but we also create it. Right? So yeah. it's really about this allowing of the energy. Like, I am safe. I am safe to feel pleasure. I am safe to orgasm to a whole new level. I am safe to have money. And it's, it's something to feel safe with a lot of money. I thought, yeah, sure. Give me money. I'll feel safe. No. I realize I have fear of not belonging to my family. I have fear of being yep. judged by my more spiritual friends that you know I have the feeling <laughs> of being judged
0: yep.
1: oh, yeah yeah and so we want to be long and we don't want to be judged therefore we hold ourselves back from receiving it
0: yeah. And that's something you guys, by the way, happens at every level. Like I've had to feel that contraction and expansion in the last year, like at least five or six times, because it seems like every time I make a new up level and I expand into a new level of, of wealth consciousness, there's somebody in my sphere that's got something to fucking say about it, whether it's family or somebody on Facebook or whatever the case might be. Um, so like, we can't let that be the reason that we stay small, because I promise you, it doesn't matter if you're making your first thousand dollars, your first $10,000 or your first $10 million, somebody in your sphere is going to have something to say about it because you rising, especially if you're doing it in an embodied feminine way where you're doing it without hustling and with pleasure, like Maria's talking about, like you're breaking paradigms when you do that, right? As this whole conversation has been around work and pleasure paradigm. So when you shoot up financially and you're doing it in a way that's aligned and that feels really, really good to you and you aren't working all the time, which we don't, like somebody, they've got to judge you because it's either that or they recognize that they could get themselves out of the trap they're in. It's one or the other, right? Because of cognitive dissonance, either you're the bad guy or I'm the bad guy because you're doing something I don't believe is possible. So who's wrong? And naturally, it's a lot more comfortable to make the other person wrong. So that's going to happen no matter what. And it's so, so, so important for us not to let ourselves stay small, because as we've been saying this whole conversation, when you make good money, you change the fucking world. So like you're not serving anybody by staying into in their old shitty paradigms. You're actually doing everyone a service by breaking them.
1: Yeah. And a a great way to practice this is to celebrate and to practice and celebrating and being seen by women and by men and by people who can hold you in your celebration. Because in the same way that it's more comfortable to bitch about not having enough money and you're going to be long in your circle than to be like, hey, guys, I just made 5K. I had to sign a new client. It's so fucking amazing. Yeah. And not be received. And then you're like, oh, I'm not received, but I want to celebrate. So it's important to find circles that can celebrate you in that. And it's okay to have envy. It's okay to have jealousy. I have jealousy and I have envy. But to, to look at it as a sign of something we desire and something we deserve, rather than something we cannot have. And Mm -hmm. so celebrating is the same because it's more comfortable to bitch about your husband or your wife or your lover just being shitty at home. It's easier to do that. We've seen our parents do it, you know, than to be like, oh my God, I just had the best sex night, you know, in a long time. I just orgasmed three times. Like, do you have friends with whom you can celebrate that and who are going to hold you and love you and wish even more for you and see, you know, and be inspired rather than the other way around. And I think like having a community of people where we can celebrate our wins, small and big, anchor in the nervous system, like, oh, it's actually safe to make money. It's actually safe to have a functional relationship and have a great sex life.
0: Yeah, well, I think we get that idea of like, it's bragging, right? And how dare you shine so bright, how, like, why, We're all willing, um, and they say misery loves company, right? We're all willing to be there for the other person when their life sucks, their husband's a dick, their job, their boss sucks, they just got fired, whatever. Shit's hard. We're willing to be there and support them because we feel equal in that level. But the second one of you shoots up and then all of a sudden you're bragging, you're making me feel bad. Basically, the story is, again, it comes back to you're shining too bright and either you, I have to accept that if you're able to do it, I'm also able to do it. And the only person that's in the way is me. Or you've done something unethical, immoral, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't be bragging. And we get that silencing effect to like basically pull that person back down to like, whoa, 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 you're way too bright. No, I don't want to hear about your fucking orgasms. Come talk to me about how I haven't had an orgasm in a year, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's also where boundaries are important and you know we can love our people with all of our hearts you know but you can't you don't have to solve it for them in order to feel that you deserve to drive your win yeah like, and healthy boundaries is to be aware when you have time to listen to someone and give support and when you don't have time for that and you will focusing on your own journey or on your own path or just solving your own things and yeah, because that dynamic that you explained so well is that play. And it's, and it's just, we have to understand that it's not because people try to be mean. It's like a basic survival mechanism to yeah. want to have your people do what you're doing. Crabs in a bucket is the expression that expresses exactly that. It's like, it's a social mechanism of safety to be like, oh my God, don't go there because you're going to get in by a bear. Yeah. And if you go there, I'm going to shame you. So it's survival. Like we want to have common traits to relate with each other. upon. Mm-hmm. And so when we start up leveling, it's really important to up level with our friends or find new people that help us feel seen. Mm-hmm. So we feel safe in our community. So we feel that we still belong. We feel that, you know, we can still expand and share our gifts um, and get out of the bucket.
0: I think you have, um, we have the sex lab obviously, which we're streaming into, but I think you have also a a pretty active Facebook group that for those that are thinking, okay, like I need to, I'm a crab in a bucket. I want to get the fuck out of a bucket, but like, I don't know anybody. And that we're so connected, but yet it's so hard to find people when you start to make these big changes that resonate with you. So Mm -hmm. If that's you and you're like, I don't know where to go, Marie, you have an amazing Facebook group, if I recall. Yeah,
1: it's easy to remember. It's called Holy Fuck Yes.
0: Perfect. And then,
1: Holy Fuck Yes, come on in. And I'm trying to help people brag. And honestly, let's just make it, you know, because it's vulnerable for people. So I, I set up an anonymous setting. Um, And, you know, it's weird. It's weird to be like, oh, I went down to my partner and he had the best orgasm and he connected his cock to his heart and he cried and he felt so vulnerable and so seen. Like, but I want people to be able to share these experiences that are so beautiful of healing and of pleasure and of expansion and be like oh it's okay to celebrate I have a place to celebrate and it's still healthy in other words you know it's not like oh my god I'm gonna go watch in holy fuck yes so I can get off of it and there's nothing wrong with getting off of something but It's done in a healthy way. It's done in a way that, you know, you just want to be seen being happy in your relationship and in your sexuality. And of course, you can talk about your issues as well. And holy fuck yes, for me, when I heard this English expression, I was just like, this is everything I stand for. Everything in one expression because we tend to separate holy and fuck, right? In the Mm -hmm. same way, we tend to separate being rich and like spirituality and all of the things. And it's about bringing together the duality and making it like, like breathing, like bringing it together, so you don't feel like you have to swing from opposites all the time.
2: Mm. And it's like
1: saying yes to holy and fuck can come together, and you can be sacred in your sexuality, sacred in being rich financially. You know, you can bring this flavor back.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's just like such a soul connection. I know we're gonna do so many cool things together. I know, I love
1: you so much. I was telling my partner, I was like, I love her. I fucking I don't know her. She's so fucking cool.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad it's mutual because as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, like we talk to our clients all the time about creating your fuck yes life. And to add holy is just like a whole extra layer, like not just your fuck yes life, but your holy fuck yes life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, my, and is, in your Facebook group is fuck spelled like fuck, or is there like an asterisk or something that, so that people can find it?
1: No, it's, it's spelled It's spelled with a U. <laughs> okay,
0: spell. cool. So just spell it the way it's normally supposed to be spelled. It's amazing that you're allowed to do that. Yay. Um, <laughs> please go find her on Facebook. And if you guys are curious about wealth reprogramming, again, we have that live happening. If you're on Facebook right now, we have that happening tonight. If you're catching this on the podcast, then we'll put the link in the description below and you can sign up for a wait list for that. And all of Marie's information, again, if you're on Facebook right now, she's tagged so you can stalk the shit out of her. And I highly encourage you to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, if you're listening to the podcast, all of her links will be in the description down below.
1: Marie, no, I have I one more question reason?
0: for you. Yes. Okay. You add something and then I have something to ask you. Really? I
1: just want to add one thing is that... Um... What was it? Yeah, I'm going live on Friday in my group to talk about the good Girl Conditioning. Oh, awesome. How to unravel that. And it's just linked to the conversation Sophia and I have been having. And you can work with me one-on-one. And I have a little group course that I'm relaunching for women coming up soon.
0: Beautiful. So if you've loved the shit out of everything she's saying, which I hope you have because I have, then please (laughs) find her on Friday and find her group course. And if she resonates, work with her one-on-one. This has been super, 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 super amazing. And um you basically I was going to ask you basically along the same lines. So perfect. I'm glad that we were telepathic there. <laughs> At the end of the day guys, I just want you all to remember sex and money same sides of the same coin. They do not need to be here they get to be together. And um, however you need to do that, whether that's me, Marie, somebody else, but please, 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 humanity is dependent on more of us making sure that these two things are tied together. So that's what I'll leave you guys with today. Bring sex and money back together. We love you all. Thank you guys all for being here on Facebook and on the podcast. And we will see you guys all again soon. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org and remember, the goal is always in you.